Today is October 29th, 2021. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. Uh, before I talk about this week's matchup, I want to talk about last week's fight. Shakur Stevenson successfully captured the WBO light, Junior Lightweight Championship from Jamel Herring in dominating fashion. Um, Shakur dominated every round. I thought maybe the fifth round was a little bit debatable. I gave it to Herring. But other than that, nothing else was even close. Shakur from the opening bell established a jab early, pressed the action early, was coming forward, wasn't taking steps back, didn't give Herring any chance to breathe really or even think about something different. Shakur, uh, Herring looked completely shocked, especially the first three rounds, didn't know what he was doing, looked lost in the ring, and Shakur looked like he was at a sparring session, pretty much just working on everything, unloading fast combinations, power punches to the body, everything you can think of. Shakur really displayed in that fight. It was a star-making performance. I thought it was exactly what he needed after having a few bouts that were deemed as boring against opponents, opponents that didn't belong in the ring. He went in there with a champion and made the champion look like he didn't belong either. Jamel Herring, I thought, barely won the fifth round on my card. Every other round wasn't debatable. He needed to press the action more. He didn't. He kind of let Shakur get in the rhythm, and once he got in the rhythm, it was over from there. I thought in order for Jamel to have any success in this fight, he needed to up his volume tremendously, and he did not do that. He kind of sat there and waited for Shakur, and that was a bad game plan. I don't know if that was his game plan, but whatever he was trying to do it was whatever he was trying to do clearly wasn't working. Shakur was the bigger man in there, was the stronger man in there, was the faster man in there, had the best defense in there. Everything he did looked on point, didn't look sloppy, didn't look like he was thinking about anything at all. He was just in fluid motion at all times, almost autopilot, really. And Herring didn't stand a chance, at least not on that night. What's next for Shakur, we will find out. But I think he wants to unify with Oscar Valdez. I just can't see Valdez making that fight. I'd be I'd be shocked if he did. But this is boxing. Anything could really happen. Oscar Valdez coming off a horrible performance in his last fight. He looked to me like he got outboxed by a guy that I can't even name right now. And I don't even think it's worth Googling. He got beat by a guy that no one had ever heard of. But of course, the judges didn't see it that way. I guess they were watching a different fight. They robbed the opponent and gave Valdez his title. And Valdez had tested positive for an enhancement drug before that fight. He wasn't suspended. He wasn't stripped of his title. He wasn't fined. He pretty much faced zero ramifications at all, except for outcry from the public. The guy said he drank an herbal tea, and that was the reason he tested positive. I mean, I don't know if he's an Instagram model on the side or what, but to blame an herbal tea for testing positive for a drug is one of the most ridiculous things I've heard. Oscar Valdez is a cheer. He's a liar. And guys like that, I can't see stepping in the ring with a dude like Shakur Stevenson, who, in my opinion, will stop Oscar Valdez. Oscar has a really good left hook, but other than that, other than that, I can't see anything he can do to disrupt Shakur's performance, whether he's on drugs or not. How good is Oscar? We don't really know because he was clearly taking an enhancement drug previously in his career. So we don't really know how good he is. We'll find out. In his last performance, he looked like ass. So I guess time will tell on him. But I, like I said, I can't really see him making the Shakur fight next. So... 
in my opinion, the best fight out there for Shakur, if he's going to stay a junior lightweight, would be Chris Colbert, another undefeated American, super athletic, just like Shakur, um, displays power, displays two-handed speed, displays body punches, displays quick feet. So I think it'd be a, a real good fight. Um, I don't know if he's as good as Shakur, but he's definitely in the conversation. And that's a fight that we need to see to really tell who is the better of the two. Other than that, at that division, I can't see much else for Shakur. Maybe Navarrete. If Navarrete moves up, I think that could be a fun fight just based off Navarrete's style. He is a smaller man, but he has those looping hooks, looping uppercuts that are super awkward, come from really weird and unpredictable angles. So I think that would be a fun fight for Shakur Stevenson. Something to test him. Um, a different look, you know, instead of a traditional boxer like Jamel Herring was. But if he's not fighting either Navarrete, Valdez, or Chris Colbert in his next fight, at junior lightweight, I can't see much of a reason for Shakur to stick around. He doesn't really have much to prove at that weight. He already won the title in sensational fashion. Um, Valdez, to me, doesn't really pose a threat. It would be a big payday, and it would be nice to see him beat a cheater's ass and take his belt, and it would, I'm sure it would be a big payday as well. But other than that, I see. I think he should just move up to lightweight. There's so much talent at lightweight right now, and I'm just going to rattle off a few names off the top of my head just to give you an idea of how many matchups there are for Shakur to make at that weight. Right now, and he might move up, but right now, you got Teofimo Lopez at that weight. you got Vasily Lomachenko at that weight. you got Javante Tate Davis at that weight. you got Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz, you got George Cambosos. You got Richard Comey. You got Isaac Cruz. All of these fights are great fights, great matchups for Shakur Stevenson to really test his his greatness and make his star even better. Get any of those guys in the ring with you, and that's a big fight. All pose different threats. So I'd like to see Shakur mix it up with those guys. Didn't even mention Jorge Linares, who's also in that division. There's plenty of names at the lightweight division. So I think... Shakur's best move. If he doesn't fight the three guys I previously named, then definitely move up to lightweight. Speaking of great young athletes on the rise, American undefeated, super talented, Jerron Boots Ennis in the welterweight division is fighting this Saturday on Showtime. Not pay-per-view, just Showtime. He's on the co-main event. He's going against Thomas DeLorme. Now, DeLorme is a solid fighter, but I think he's a little bit past his prime. He's not very old. But he's just been in a lot of wars, and I think those wars did their damage on DeLorme over time. Uh, he's been in there with Terrence Crawford. He's been in there with Jamal James, who was in the main event. He's been in there with Udenis uh, Ugas, who is a current champion who beat Manny Pacquiao at welterweight. So DeLorme's been in there with a lot of great fighters. He has some pop on his punches, but I think most of his power was at 140. Uh, his power seems to be a little bit diminished here at welterweight. So I don't see him posing much of a threat for Boots, but it would be a nice name to add to Boots' resume. I expect Boots to fully display his power and skills. Um, he's a must-watch fighter, super entertaining. Things he does you don't see every day. Uh, he is one of the best uppercuts in the game. I'd say him, Canelo, and Javante Tank Davis have the best uppercuts in the game. Those three guys, and I don't think the fourth guy would be even close. I can't even think of who else would be on their level as far as devastating uppercuts that will knock a guy out with one punch. Yes, Jerron is on that level when it comes to throwing those vicious uppercuts. He's a vicious 
finisher, but he also has the, the skills and defensive uh, prowess to stay consistently ahead of his opponent for 12 straight rounds. He is a 12-round fighter, but he's really not looking to go 12 rounds. He has the ability and the stamina to do it, but he's just looking to get guys out of there. He really is. He's, he's willing to take a little bit of a risk to inflict his punishment on you. That was on display in his last fight against Sergei Lipinets. Lipinets, to me, was his best test to date. And I think Lipinets is much better than Delorme. Um, Ennis was willing to trade with, with Lipinets. He did get caught with some shots, but that's the type of risk he's willing to take. He's willing to take two to give three. And that could be the only critique I have for him. Um, he could be in trouble if he does that against the wrong guy. But I don't think Delorme has enough on his punches to to really deter Ennis in any way. I expect, it, I expect Ennis to get Delorme out of there in five rounds or less. And I would bet on that. If you're looking to bet on this fight, I'm not sure what the over-under is, but I would definitely lean towards the under. Ennis can fight right-handed, can fight left-handed. He has power in both hands. He has the footwork to transition easily. If you've ever been in a gym or even shadow box, you realize how hard it is to switch from southpaw to orthodox smoothly and he does that in the middle of a fight against world-class talent so that just shows how talented Ennis is definitely keep an eye on Jerron Boots Ennis Saturday night and in the future that is the co-main the main event is Jamal James against excuse the pronunciation I'm not really good at Russian but Radsab Butayev I believe is how you pronounce it um, I haven't seen too much of Butayev but I know he's a high volume fighter he throws um leaping left hooks and i'm talking he'll jump in there and dive at you with a hook and if jamal james steps straight backwards he will get caught he needs lateral movement in this fight to stay away from butayev's hooks um butayev is a smothering fighter he'll also catch you against the ropes if he gets you against the ropes he's going to go to the body really well if jamal james gets lazy against the ropes like i've seen him in the past it could be an early night for james i think this is kind of a 50 50 type fight I'm not sure of the odds here. I would assume Jamal James is the favorite, but I can't imagine it's by too much. Uh, Butayev is 13-0 with 10 knockouts, but he has a tremendous amateur record, almost 400 victories. When you hear numbers like that that jump off the page, you think of guys like Vasily Lomachenko, um, Gennady Golovkin, Alexander Usyk, guys like that that have this insane amateur pedigree that just really does transition to the pros. Only 13 fights as a pro, but like I said, undefeated. And you could tell the skill once you see him. You could tell he's he's been around the world and really perfected his craft. So I expect a good main event, really under the radar main event. Not a sexy matchup on paper, but I think it will deliver. Showtime's really good at putting these triple headers together that when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's decent fights, decent. But I think the three will deliver as far as entertainment goes. Jamal James uses his range a little bit. Um, he is a taller guy, but he does get a little bit lazy against the ropes. So I don't know if he's going to uh, fare well if he does that tonight, uh, Saturday night, excuse me. But James is a really good fighter, does everything really well. Um, not too flashy, but he does throw a lot of combinations, does throw high volume. Him and Delorme had a war last time out. So Jamal is definitely a guy that's willing to exchange. So I expect a fun main event. And in the opening fight, this is a three-fight card. So the opening fight is uh, Michael Rivera. He looks like Muhammad Ali. I know Nico Ali is Ali's legitimate grandson, but Michael Rivera looks like he could be Ali's grandson. 
And he kind of plays up to that. He wears his uh, his trunk sometimes. He wears the robes. Uh, he definitely does play up to the fact that he looks like Ali a little bit. And he's a fun fighter. He's an undefeated lightweight. He's, he's going to be tested against Jose Romero. Uh, that should be a fun opener as well. Like I said, very under-the-radar card, but I think it will deliver what, it's, what it lacks in star power and makes up for in action. So that's Saturday night on Showtime. Tune into that if you're looking for something to watch. Not a big, huge fight, but definitely a fun one. Um, if you're looking for a big, huge fight, <laughs> we got the Super Middleweight Championship on the line next weekend. That's November 6th. Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant. For all the marbles, all the belts on the line will crown the first ever undisputed four-belt super middleweight champion in boxing's history. So that's a big one to look forward to. Plenty of fights after that. Pretty much every weekend is loaded for the rest of the year. And don't think you've got to remember all this. All you got to do is turn on Spotify, turn on whatever podcast, whatever platform you listen to this podcast on, and I got you covered. That's what I'm here for. So don't think you got to remember all these dates. But this weekend on Showtime, Boots Ennis is the guy to watch for. The following week... On pay-per-view, Canelo and Plant. I'll have a preview for that shortly. Share this podcast with anyone you know who likes boxing or someone just trying to get into boxing, someone that isn't familiar with the scene going on right now. And I got you covered. Thanks for all the support. Have a great weekend. I'm out.